You're listening to a podcast by Mission Field USA, a church planting initiative of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. For more information and resources, visit lcms.org slash church planting. Hello and welcome to the next installment of the LCMS Mission Field USA podcast. I'm Pastor Steve Shave, Director of LCMS Church Planting. We have a very important topic to talk about today, and that is using social media in church planting. So we're very excited to have our guest with us today, uh, Seth Hintz. And I know Seth uh, from a Facebook group that he is the administrator for, and it is the Lutheran Communicators. And that group uh, has a good discussion about how congregations can use uh, communication as a tool through social media for outreach. So excited to have you with us today, Seth. Yeah, thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, so putting it into the context, not just of a a standard congregation setting, and Seth, I know you have some involvement too uh, at the church level and even at the district level, but thinking in terms of planting a church and why we should have social media on the radar, because if you've been called to plant a church these days. Um, We're living in a time where it's getting harder and harder uh, for people to meet in person uh, in some scenarios. But we also know people that are out there and the demographic. Uh, Seth, I think you said that the average person might spend two and a half hours a day on social media. So how do you uh, reach out to somebody when they have so much other noise uh, in their ears? How do you break through? How do you connect to that person who is spending a lot of time anyways on social media? So break it down for us for someone who wants to use social media as a tool planting a church. Great. Yeah, I'd love to help with that. Um, Yeah, I believe I included an average of 2.5 hours on social media every day. I think even in the midst of uh, what we're going through as a nation, it might be a little higher than 2.5 hours a day. Hmm. So the average person is uh, going through a lot in their news feed. And so the challenge really is uh, how do we break through and connect? Um, I think we know that social media can be a powerful tool. I think there's lots of stories out there that exist that tell us that uh, people are finding connection all the time. I think that the temptation for us is to dive in head first without a plan. Um, we want to be on Snapchat. We want to be on TikTok. We want to be on this, that, and the other. Um, and it's easy to get wrapped up uh, then with the technical aspects of the platform or the allure of being everywhere. Uh, but I, I guess I just want to to reinforce and drive home that meaningful connection can happen even within all the noise. Um, and my encouragement to you is to be there, to commit to a platform Uh, even if it's just one, and stick to your message and be there. And so the question that we're going to kind of be wrestling with is, like, what would it it look like for your church if you could make one more meaningful connection each week, just one? Uh, The challenge for us, of course, is social media is changing all the time. Hmm. Um, this, This won't really be a conversation necessarily about all the algorithm updates that happen or the newest platform or the new shiny tool that comes along. Uh, With all those changes, uh, it can be discouraging, uh, and it's natural to wonder, should I even bother? Is social media effective still, or are people just drowning in the noise? Um, So it's hard to know what to post, where to connect, how much time is right to devote to it, and we can be overwhelmed, frustrated. And so, again, I just want to encourage you and and remind you that being there does make a difference. But most importantly, uh, you are not alone in this. Sometimes I'm sure it can feel like a church planner that you're going it alone. You're 
kind of planted into a new community and you're having to make it all up and trying to just eke it out every day. Um, but in social media, I want to encourage you, and we'll talk about some ways that you are not alone. Um, but if you dive in without a plan, I, I can pretty much guarantee you're going to hit a wall. Um, you're going to be lost kind of with a shot-in-the-dark approach and really no clear path to measure if you're making any progress. Honestly, social media is a time drain, uh, and the hours and days can just slip away if you don't know where you're headed. Uh, but if you know where you're going, connection can happen. And with a plan, I think you'll be amazed at the opportunities that are going to pop up. So um, my, my kind of hope and, and prayer for you is that uh, when you commit to that, you'll, you'll be there when needed. When questions are asked, you'll answer, and you'll become a trusted source that people can look to and, and see, oh, we have that's somebody that continues to talk in this conversation, and I can trust them. That's uh, and that's what we're really looking for is to build trust. Yeah, very good. I mean, it's a whole new tool for outreach. It's kind of funny to me. Um, when I came into this office uh, for church planting, I had, the as a church planter, the, the typical 1980s three-ring binder uh, that gave you kind of some, some methodologies and ways to do outreach and that sort of thing. But, you know, obviously back then there was no use of the Internet at all in terms of planting churches or witness and outreach. So when we put together the new guide, we tried to include some of that in terms of, you know, your outreach, your uh, getting your community to know that you're there and what you're all about. Uh, We tried to um, encourage that as well. But as you said, uh, this is just a whole kind of new territory for a lot of people that are in mission work, um, that social media can be one of the tools, even though it is a bit of a a drain. And and if you don't have a plan, um, you can feel kind of lost. But uh, we want to encourage people to consider how they can use their social media presence, um, just like if you're putting up signage or anything else, just to let the community know that you're there and that you care and that you are a helping hand in the community. But I, I agree with you too, Seth. I think that for a lot of people, this can be really discouraging. Um, you know, even for our own ministries, you set up your Facebook page and, you know, you really want people to find your passion about what you're doing and get connected. And you might even put a lot of time into getting, you know, X number of followers. And then Facebook is kind of nagging you, for example, that, hey, you haven't posted in a while and you have a thousand people that are waiting to hear from you. And then you go and post something and it says, and by the way, of your thousand viewers, we let two people see your post today. <laughs> so how, how, oh, do you, how do you tell people not to, to get discouraged and uh, to keep plugging away? That, that is the, the challenge, and you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, I, I know what it's like to, to be there and staring at the blank canvas on social media and kind of wondering what to post. Uh, I think that's a challenge we all face. Um, and I've battled through writer's block and frustration and, and burnout on it myself. Um, but what I found is like when we have that plan and we stick to the plan, um, one, it's going to reduce headaches. Uh, and two, it's, it's also going to reduce the amount of time you have to spend coming up with content. Hmm. Um, and so for, for me, I mean, it, to rise above that, it comes down to a few things. Um, and it's from a high level. Um, one, it's realizing that, Yes, kind of as you said, uh, social media, uh, they drew us in (laughs) with the appeal of it is a free way to reach out to people in your community. It's a free way to stay connected with your membership. And we kind of went in excitedly 
uh, and we saw that, oh, this is a great way. We're reaching everybody. It's mm-hmm. getting right to their news feed. And then slowly that trickled away, and the percentage <laughs> that we, we were able to reach people started uh, decreasing mm-hmm. ever so slightly. And now it's beneath 10%, and I think I'm being generous. Like the amount of people, if you have 100 fans on your page, a post may reach 10. Mm. Um, That's just like so most marketing. They, these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I mean, yeah. I mean, we can get a conversation. That's pr- a pretty good percentage, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they, it's not where we started. And so the frustration sets in right there. Sure. So how do we handle that? Um, obviously, there are some ways to break through uh, paid. You know, you can, if you want to reach those other 90 fans, you can just <laughs> pay some money. <laughs> but um, there are there are other ways, too. And so we're going to talk about planning your calendar. Uh, I want people to realize that communities already exist. And so creating your own niche in the world and trying to get people and attract people to that uh, profile or page is maybe not always like the only strategy you should employ when you're trying to connect in your community. Mm -hmm. So tapping into other communities and then just to post with purpose and to stay focused. And so we can kind of break that down too. But th- those three things, planning your calendar, realizing communities already exist, and posting with purpose, I think is going to set people up um, for at least a place to start and hopefully uh, find some early success. Yeah, great. So um, yeah, let's go ahead and dive into that. Tell us a little bit more about how you're going to rise above the noise uh, through those steps that you just described. Sure. Um, well, we'll start with um, realizing that communities already exist. Um, so your network, um, if you're starting and you're planting a church, chances are um, you may be the only person that's paid, or you may not even be. You may be the only person on staff. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean your network is just one person. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of a lot of companies call them launch teams or or street teams or people that support the ministry, um, but that aren't necessarily employed by the ministry. Um, so your, your network is going to be something that you want to tap into early and often. Um, see the algorithms that we're battling right now, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on the technical, mm-hmm. but the algorithms that you battle are, are looking for engagement on your posts. And so if you're going to be creating en- engagement posts and you want people to see those posts, it's important to get early traction on your post. Uh, there's a actually a church planner out of uh, the Houston area that I talked to. His name's George, and he does excellent work, and he belongs to what they would call uh, an engagement pod. And so this is kind of a new concept, and some people might call it gaming the system, but it's it's playing the game in a way that helps people discover who you are and what you do. Okay. So here's what that can look like. Um, on Instagram, for instance, uh, you can have a direct message for, with a group, and you can have 32 people or organizations inside that group. And so what happens often is you build up, maybe maybe there's five people to start with that you know support your ministry and they want to help you in any way they can. And so when you go to post whatever the content may be, you reach out to your engagement pod and you say, hey, I'm about to post, and then you post the content. You share the link to that group, and then they go on and engage with that group or with that post that you just shared. Now, what that does is it kind of triggers for Instagram to say, this post is getting engagement. I'm going to help more people see it. Hmm. And so it might seem a little tricky, and in a little ways it is, but when they put algorithms and games and obstacles in your way, you kind of have to 
uh, find ways around that. So engagement pods using your network that already exists, whether it's friends and family, uh, is a great way to start. Uh, some other ways that people have used it are local businesses. And so there is a chance that you may already belong to a chamber of commerce mm -hmm. or there's local rotary clubs, whatever it may be. If there are other organizations in your community, it's a good opportunity to not only network with those in person, but then say, we all support each other. Can we join in supporting each other by commenting on each other's things, by liking it? In order to boost the engagement and show local people that other organizations exist and organizations support each other. So if you are commenting on, I don't know, the local uh, ice cream shop's stuff with your church profile or your uh, personal profile, you're going to find that people are going to be discovering you more so because you're popping up in other people's feeds. And so it's that kind of um, tapping into your networks, whether it's family or whether it's other organizations, that really help you um, boost uh, your discoverability. And so that's one of the ways that you can realize that you already belong to communities that exist, so you don't have to start from scratch. Okay. All right. Other steps that you got for us? Totally. Um, Facebook-specific, um, I would encourage um, people today, if, if you're listening right now, go onto Facebook for five to ten minutes and search for groups. And so you may already belong to some of these groups. You may have be part of those local buy-sell groups. But in, in addition to those, there are groups that just talk about the local community. Uh, the ministry I work at is in West County, St. Louis, mm -hmm. and we belong to – I've joined as my personal profile, but also as our, our pages. I've joined two or three specifically that are larger groups. Um, for example, it's West County News is one of those groups that exists out there. And so it's people from St. Louis that are just talking about St. Louis things and things happening out in West County. Um, so right there, it's an opportunity to – connect. It's an opportunity to announce some new initiatives that may be open to the community. And it's also a chance to just engage in conversations and listen to people and find out what is happening in your local community. Um, it used to be you'd have to read the paper or you'd have to, uh, you know, go door to door knocking on people's doors to like start conversations. And now those conversations are happening out in the wild in front of everybody. Um, so those groups are actually really helpful. And it's a way to Continue to get yourself in front of more people. Continue to build relationships to start to build trust with people. So if I could encourage everyone to do one thing today, it would be to hop on Facebook and find two or three local groups. Search your city name and search news or connection or neighborhood, and you'll be surprised at how many groups already exist that you can tap into, not to just go in and spam them with links to your worship services, <laughs> but to engage in meaningful conversation that's happening. Um, my encouragement to most people is to, as you're thinking about what content to post and, and where to engage, if you're talking about, let's say, like Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, you want to become, wherever you're planted, you want to become a fan of your city. Hmm. Relationships online uh, all connect around sh similar interests, shared interests. So you may be part of baseball card collecting groups. You may be part of quilters clubs, whatever it is. Um, you find those groups and you find people who agree with you and, and are interested in the same things as you. For a church planter or any church in particular, I think 
being a fan of your city and talking about the things that you love about your city and connecting with similar people like that is a great way to start building connections in your local city. So, so two things, find local groups, but also start to become a fan of your city. And you mm-hmm. really have to know where that is uh, and, and what things you could talk about there. So it's restaurants, it's baseball teams, it's, it's everything that exists in there. You just want to become a proponent for things happening in your city. Great. And, you know, it's interesting for church planters. There are times where it's just a blank slate. So even in my own circumstance, I went where there was absolutely no Lutheran presence. I would have people from this new community that would come up and say, you know, what's a Lutheran? Are you guys like either does it have something to do with uh, Martin Luther King Jr. or they thought we were like some sort of cult? You know, is Lutheran like Mormon? They just really had no idea what a Lutheran was. And so it was important for us to get off on the right foot. And so for us to kind of embed ourselves into the community, I was kind of the first co-team. My wife was a deaconess and I was a mission developer coming out of the seminary. And so human care was a really important thing for us because we wanted to be known for our strong confession of faith, you know, that we're word and sacramental church plant. And, you know, people understood that and they respected uh, that this is a church body that just really takes scripture seriously and, you know, they hold to the strong confession of faith. But they also saw that in action, you know, whether it was kind of an understanding of the theology of the cross or how every human life is important. Uh, they saw us working in areas of town of poverty that, you know, there are a lot of barriers there that not too many ministries um, were working in that community that we were reaching to. It wasn't just the nice new suburbs, or we were at the nursing homes on a weekly basis, or we helped with a women's shelter as it was getting built, and a men's shelter uh, where you know, we had a chance to, to reach out with the gospel, jail ministry, hospital ministry, you know, it was really important. And I think we went from, you know, having a completely clear slate of somebody not having a clue what a Lutheran was to within a few years, everybody knew our church that, you know, Christ Lutheran Church, they're, they're known for this, that, and the other thing. And it did get us invited as you're talking about like the Rotary Clubs and the women's groups. And we would get invitations to come and not only talk about the, the human care ministry we were doing, but also about this new church and find out more about what it is uh, to be the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. So as I'm thinking about, you're talking about kind of the going from the brick and mortar and the, the hands-on, um, it's interesting. This is a whole new facet that opens up to us to kind of that virtual community to embed yourself and to reach out. Um, any any thoughts on how you connect caring for people in your community using social media? Well, yeah, first of all, I, I love that because everything you just described um, is the in-person version of what we're talking trying to talk about today. <laughs> yeah. It's digital. It's, it's, you showed that you were passionate about the city. You love the people there. And that's exactly what we're trying to do here is show that we are maybe new to the city. We may just be here the first time, but we are here to love the city, be fans of it, and show care through it. Um, one of the ways that we've recently tried at the ministry I serve at um, is there's there's some advertising that can be done, and it's it's recommended in a couple of different um, church communication groups I've I've been a part of in the past. Um, it's called a a prayer advertisement, um, and it's it. I'm, I feel like we're jumping into the technicals, but it, I think it's a good <laughs> example. Sure. Uh, 
So what, what we've done and what was being encouraged to do for churches was to share a picture, um, just a plain image of uh, your pastor or your pastor and his wife or the care team that exists at your church. Hmm. Simply ask, you know, we are here um, to support this city, to love this city. And, and we, that involves loving the people that are here and helping them any way that we can. If you are in need of any prayer request, please let us know. Um, and it was set up as a Facebook Messenger ad. And so all somebody needed to do, if they had a prayer request, um, they could s- click send message, submit their prayer request. We had somebody uh, on staff here, and that could be you as the church planter, uh, responding to those prayer requests directly. And so what that does is, one, it, it lets people know you exist. Mm-hmm. Two, it opens up brand new opportunities for you to be praying for your city. Mm-hmm. If nothing happens out of that, if people never show up to your church, from that, that is totally fine. Mm-hmm. You are now building trust, building relationships in the city, and praying for specific people who live in your city. Um, so for a very low-cost investment, um, you can be making people aware that you exist, but also opening up. Uh, conversations, opportunities to pray for people, opportunities if they say, you know, I'm going through a difficult time in my marriage, well, uh, we can pray for them. Hmm. And then we can probably follow up and just say, no pressure. We sometimes offer this group, and they meet and they talk about marriage, and they talk about what what it is to go through challenging times. Um, So it just opens up conversations in a new way. And you would be surprised to see... um, how many people have a prayer or a prayer request just on the front of their minds? They they are just looking for connection. People go on social media because they're seeking connections, um, and they want to build relationships. I think innately we as humans just want to or we're connection seeking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you open up opportunities like that, uh, you'd be surprised at how many people take advantage and take that first step. And uh, so that's just one example of how we can provide care in our cities. That's great. And I think you're right. There's a parallel there between that it's truly genuine care for the people. Um, It is to be a fan of where you're at and uh, give thanks to God that he's placed you there for the opportunity. And then it's very relational. Um, I think that's, as you said, uh, important, whether it's providing human care or it is reaching out to build kind of that, that community where you're genuinely caring for somebody, but it's about establishing relationships with people. And there's, you know, nothing more important in church planning than to be able to do that. You build your core group of people and you kind of build upon that community. But ultimately, um, as the kingdom grows, it's through developing relationships, you know, long-term lasting relationships. Because somebody coming into the new church plant, you know, many more times than not is because somebody not only developed a strong relationship, but also gave them uh, an, an invitation to, to come and see. So I think that, again, you know, there is a parallel there that is important to consider how how is this establishing uh, genuine relationships with people. So very good. Absolutely. And I'll, to that point, I'll just share, there was a book I read called Social Media Gospel, and it was written by a, a woman named Meredith Gould. Mm-hmm. And she lays out what she calls the trajectory of engagement. Hmm. And for digital... Um, we if if we build relationships that start online and they only ever stay there, that's fine. You know that is where God called us to be in that relationship. Mm-hmm. However, 
And we've seen this as couples meet online and then they move towards meeting each other. There's a trajectory that happens. And so it may happen that you uh, connect with somebody through a public post in a Facebook group. You comment on one of the things that they said. What happens there is the more that happens, it moves forward on this along this kind of linear but not so linear path um, where it'll go from a public post to potentially maybe a direct message and then potentially to a phone call and then phone call email exchange there. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, you know, by the grace of God, it may lead to an in-person grab a coffee or something like that. And so when we're talking about connecting with people online, there is potential, and that we're hoping happens, that people move from an online relationship to an in-person kind of in-the-flesh relationship. So we're moving people along this trajectory, and we're hoping to see growth and progress along that way so that when people are alone in their own community, that they're taking steps towards in-person community where they can find connection, healing, and growth. And so the trajectory of engagement has just been a visual that has just stuck out to me um, hmm. yeah. uh, from, from Mr. Gould there. So, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, and kind of while we're talking about establishing these relationships, I'm going to throw you off with a <laughs> curveball yeah. just for a second. But um, as I'm thinking about that, and I know Netflix even put out something, The Social Dilemma. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's just kind of for the people that are shying away because they have a fear that, oh, man, when I look at social media, all I see is people just arguing or somebody forcing their opinion uh, on somebody else. Um, So so what do you do kind of as the I don't want to call it a referee, but I mean, you're an admin. (laughs) You know, how how do you handle this to keep it kind of on the positive? That is a challenge as well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a huge challenge. Um, I I think we want to get our point across, and we're not always the best communicators in the world. Mm. Um, And sometimes, you know, what we write in a text or an email can be super confusing to the other person, (laughs) and they think you may be angry, Mm. um, when in fact you were just being uh, really brief. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, it it is so hard because... Things we can miscommunicate so quickly online when we're just using text-based images. That's mm-hmm. why I'm so thankful for gifts. But that's a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother conversation. Uh, memes through theology. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so how do we keep people focused? And I think, like, for for the group I admin, the Lutheran Communicators Group, I think it's establishing guidelines, establishing um, what would we call that? Uh, kind of policies or. Uh, terms that we can agree to. We agree to support and uplift each other. If it ever devolves from that, we kind of come in quickly and say, you know what, this isn't going in a positive direction. Um, And we can either cut it off or we can reach out to those people directly and say, I don't think your intention is coming across. Um, Can you tell me more about that? And so, I mean, in a group setting, in that particular group setting, it opens up dialogue, even when people struggle uh, Mm -hmm. with that kind of thing. Um, so setting up guidelines, if you're going to be in a group or anything like that, is setting up guidelines, adhering to those guidelines. Um, one of the things that we look for is, you know, if you're going to share a link to an article somewhere, you are required to tell us why that's important because, and how it relates to communication, because there are a million links we could all share. And if you're not giving us context for why it's important, it's just not a helpful resource at all. So, Anyway, that's that's the guideline we adhere to. Yeah. On my personal profile, um, 
And I think everyone kind of has to acknowledge this. And when you're thinking about what should I post as uh, a church planter or as my church, um, I think everyone gets maybe three, mm-hmm. like three things that you can really talk about mm-hmm. and have uh, like expertise or people will trust you or look to you as a, as a source. Mm. Um, and it's important to vary it up. Um, but when we talk about rising above the noise, I'll give you a quick example. Sure. Um, there's a a friend that I have from college. She just decided to go into uh, – she plans Disney trips for uh, folks, for families, you okay. know, to get, get on the cheap and all that kind of stuff. Sure. What she posts on LinkedIn is typically about Disney. You know, she keeps her message very focused. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's constantly reminding us, like, this is a good trip. Hey, I can help you. This is a good trip. Every now and again, she'll post another helpful thing or something that she's experiencing in her personal life. Um, but every third post or so, she's reminding us of what she does and who she is. And so if you keep it to, like, three topics, let's say, hmm. something city-related, yeah. something ministry-related, and then either a conversation starter like a question that just gets people like yes, no, or engaging with something that gets conversations going. Mm-hmm. I think that is where you can kind of key in and say, these are the three things I'm going to talk about. I will not stray from that. Because mm-hmm. when you start to stray from that, you fall back into the noise. What rises up in social media feeds is consistency. Mm-hmm. So people usually don't take action. I think it's like it, until they see the eighth time of something. Mm, yeah. So if you post about an event coming up or a sermon graphic or something. If people don't see that consistently, it starts to fall back. What happens is they they see a piece of content and they may scroll past it. They see a piece of content again and it goes, your brain tells, tells them, I've seen that. Hmm. Yeah. And then as they see more, they start to notice a trend and their brain is telling them, okay, I should probably look closer. I'm continuing to see this thing. And so it's important for us to stay focused because as we get out there, and I'm a victim of this, I post gifts all the time, and I'm all over the place. So I'm not the best. <laughs> at but what I've noticed is the people that stick out to me are the people who are constantly talking about the same type of topics. Yeah. So I know if I ever want to plan a Disney trip, <laughs> I know who I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. Branding, but I also branding. stay friends with her. I also stay friends with her. Okay. Because that's not all she talks about. It would become spammy if that's all she talked about. Right. But it is, yeah, like you said, branding, and it's keeping people reminded, and it rises out of the feed in that way. Yeah, so like you said, it's not just the branding, and they don't think you're constantly trying to sell something. But that, right. Yeah, and I think that's that's you're right. With the branding, you kind of become known as the subject matter expert or the influencer or whatever it is. And um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because I'm kind of the city guy uh, for mm-hmm. Synod. I'm kind of the church planning guy, so I think people— um, you know, feel comfortable asking me questions if they're kind of looking for some mentorship there. But also, <laughs> uh, I probably inundate people with talking about off-roading <laughs> and cattle dogs and fitness, you know. So it's, it's you're right, it's kind of these two different worlds of mine that, you know, for whatever reason, those, those are your passions and it stands out. And people, you know, like, hey, yeah, whenever, you know, they see a gif about Jeep off-roading, they send it to me because, hey, that, you're the guy, right? So... Um, yeah, yeah, that's funny. I, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, 
So you're you're building your community and you're kind of becoming a trusted source for people. That's that's a good way to put it. So yeah. I'm I'm also hearing from you though that this can't just be random. That you have to kind of plan your calendar out. You have to post with purpose. It's not just like, hey, this looks cool. I think on some random Tuesday I'll throw that out there. Talk a little bit more about how people should be more intentional then. Absolutely. Uh, I think adhering to a daily schedule is very important. Um, For me, when I first started out, maybe 10 or 12 years ago doing social media, I had to create a daily schedule for myself because it can quickly become uh, 10 minutes will turn into two hours, like in the snap of a finger. You're like, what am I even doing? How did I get in this room? (laughs) No, I don't. Um, So uh, for me, I, I plan my daily schedule. And so for engagement on social media, if you're concerned about that. This is about setting parameters for yourself. Hmm. Uh, so a daily schedule may look like this. Um, when you're thinking about social media, um, so I'll, I'll be on my laptop and I'll open it up and I'll go personal things first. I'll go check my notifications, you know, see the latest nine plus, whatever it is. And then I'll check my messenger inbox, make sure that I'm all caught up. Sometimes there's message requests that come in that I may miss and sometimes they go three weeks without me answering because I don't remember to look. Hmm. Um, so notifications, then inbox. And then I go into the pages that I manage. And I check the page notifications. And I check the page inbox to see if anybody sent us messages. Hmm. And so you can do that in about five to ten minutes. Those two things. Personal okay. notifications, inbox, page notifications, and inbox. And then I do the groups. So we talked about finding groups that exist in your community. I belong to two or three that are we, we've keyed in as these are important groups for us to be a part of and engaged in. So I commit to scanning through 10 to 15, sometimes it becomes 50. But I scan through the latest 10 to 15 posts, and I'll say, if there's a moment for me to engage or provide some kind of context or an answer to somebody's problem, or you know somebody's looking for a lawnmower. If I know somebody, I will, whatever it is. Um, so you're looking for moments to engage in those groups, and I will spend about five minutes per group. Okay. And so if that's three groups, now you're at 10 minutes for notifications in the inbox, and you're at 10 to 15 for groups, and so now you're at about 10 to 25 minutes. Uh, sorry, 20 to 25 minutes. And so you, at that point, you need to decide, okay, is that enough for that? Is that too much? Um, and you have to set the parameters for yourself and flex either way because that can quickly escalate and you can go down so many different rabbit holes. And so it's having a daily schedule just like that. Um, now that is different than creating content. Um, so creating content, you don't have to do daily. Mm-hmm. Um, there are enough tools out there that you can search and find scheduling tools for social media on Google. Uh, but you can plan all your content in two hours a week. Um, pastors uh, specifically are kind of blessed with already having content to pull from every week <laughs> because they're writing sermons. Sure. Um, and so I've seen uh, encouragement from some social media people, some social pastors, where they're kind of saying, you know, as I'm writing my sermon, I'm trying to think of what point to really drive home. And is that point um, digestible? And if that point is digestible, maybe it's tweetable. Mm-hmm. And um, so you're going through, you don't want to just write for social media, obviously. You want to <laughs> you know, work through the proper sermon content. Sure. Um, but you, 
pastors are equipped, uh, have built-in content that they can share with people. And so you've on a Monday or a Sunday afternoon, you can go back through your sermon and kind of pull out. I will post two to three things this week from my prior sermon. Um, and so they'll plan that out, either using a tool like Canva to create images, or um, maybe they recorded the video and they can do a snippet from that. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say, you know what, I'm also really interested in what's happening in my city. And so I want to share two or three posts from that. And so they'll scan the news and they'll look at local radio stations or local news stations and find things that are uplifting or um, relevant, that topics that they could potentially speak into, and then they'll schedule those out with a comment. Hmm. So you just want to create your rhythm so that every day you're posting something, but you don't have to be actually posting it. You can be scheduling it ahead of time. And so it's Finding times in your schedule, say two hours on a Monday morning where you're planning out your content for the week, and then on the daily, you're checking your notifications to make sure that you're engaging where you need to engage, you're not leaving anybody hanging, but you're also finding new opportunities when you dive into groups. So those are kind of my daily and weekly schedules that it could look like for somebody who's trying to get started. That's awesome. Those are really good tools, simple uh, steps for either the mission developer or someone in their core team to really help a church plant to get engaged and active. And I think what I, you know, really appreciated that this is just another tool, you know, another tool for building community in your city, um, that this is based on real, again, genuine, uh, relationships and being relational. Um, but ultimately it is a tool for bringing them into that incarnational, body of Christ as the kingdom of God continues to grow. And, uh, you know, that idea of us being kind of the flesh and blood, uh, caring for one another in, in community. So, um, I think this has been very, very helpful, uh, for people to not get discouraged, but to keep seeking ways, uh, to be genuine in their communities, to keep establishing, uh, new ways, uh, to build upon that and to be known as a, a fan of your location and your city where God has placed you to plant this new church. So Seth, I really appreciate, um, all of your expertise. Do you have any last, uh, encouragements for folks out there? Yeah, I'll just reiterate that, um, if you're listening to this, know that you are not alone. There are a lot of people who are trying to find ways to connect in their cities, I happen to run a group on Facebook called Lutheran Communicators. So if you search for that on Facebook and join, you'll you'll be connected with over 2,000 people that are trying to do the same thing, but also in a Lutheran context. Um, so you immediately have a group that already exists um, who are trying to do the same thing that you are. Um, you are not alone. Uh, this is hard, um, but it is worth it because a real genuine connection can happen here. Perfect. Thank you so much again, Seth, and for all of our uh, mission developers out there and core groups that are getting started. um, Again, here's an opportunity to have just another tool in your toolbox for doing witness and outreach on behalf of the gospel. So thank you so much for listening in today. And again, we want to thank our guest, Seth Hintz. Uh, It was great to have you with us today, Seth. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Mission Field USA podcast for church planting. Visit lcms.org slash church planting for other resources and information to share your ideas and to contact us. 
The Mission Field USA podcast is a production of the Office of National Mission of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, in partnership with KFUO Radio. The Lord be with you.